Welcome to Multiple Nerdgasm. Welcome to our PAX Unplugged episode. It's a little bit late and we apologize for that. And also I apologize for Jenna's absence. She's not well and not able to join us, unfortunately. However, I'm here and James is here and we, uh, we need to talk about PAX Unplugged. Yes, yes, we have lots to talk about with PAX Unplugged. And for some reason, every PAX Unplugged, we have a horrible demo. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't feeling this particular thing this year. No, no, and it was, it looked so cool. So, um, like, I've got the, I'm not even going to tell you the name of the game yet, but we got it pulled up on the website. It's 2017 nominee for the best two-player board game. 2017 mm-hmm. nominee for the most innovative board game. Golden mm-hmm. Geek nominee. International mm-hmm. Gamers Award finalist. 2017 mm-hmm. nominee for the best game from a small publisher. 2017 Jesus. nominee for best two-player game. Like, the thing's nailing it, and it was horrible. <laughs> Maybe it's us. I it must be us. It can't be us. We didn't, we didn't demo together. We demoed separately. Oh, yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Well, the game we're talking about is the game that everyone was raving about at PAX Unplugged, uh, and it is called Fog of Love. And it is a, a dating game where you, it's two player uh, and you're on a date and you flip cards and you kind of try and, I guess, form a good match between yourselves. Or do you, or do you like try and meet your personal goals? I guess well, I wasn't really clear on whether it's cooperative or not. I was just going to be asking you that because like, I, I, <laughs> I'm not really sure, man. I don't. See, this like, is, I think maybe I think this, just does. Yeah, this, this. So we played for maybe 20 minutes, right? I think yeah. this is about fair. Yes. yes. Um, it literally had no idea what I was doing the entire time. They were running mm. the demo. At one point, I pick up the stack of cards. Um, and I was like, oh, what are these for? And the woman running the demo goes, oh, that's how you win the game. It's like, well, you, yes. you haven't talked about them at all. And then she says, well, it's too complicated. So we're not going to show you in the demo. Yes. Okay. That was, this, that sort of, was, this basically mirrors my experience, yes. Yeah, so okay. like the part of the game that helps you understand how to play the game, we're not going to show you. I wonder if like, the mistake we made was we went on like the last day. And so I guess we just, they were just, they were just done with it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all right. That makes sense. You think they were just tired of explaining it over and over again? And we're maybe, like, maybe. I don't know. Although, you know, that, that is that should be a thing that happens. <laughs> but yeah, so Fog of Love. Everyone, everyone really liked it. I, I know. I just, I did, didn't do it for me at all. I actually, I, more accurately, I don't think I understood it at all. Well, I'm with you. I don't think I understood it. Um, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I think personally, I'm just moving away from two player games in general. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, when I get a chance to sit down and play games, I want to do it with a group of friends and hang out and have fun and. Like this, this would be a game I sit down and play with my wife, but I'm not going to simulate a date with my wife. <laughs> sure. Well, that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> that, that is, yeah, that is what you did. <laughs> and as usual, we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so it's just like real life. Exactly. But yeah, so that was that was a terrible demo. Um, but we also had, I think, we had some amazing demos. Um, oh, you yes. walked out with with a game from the con, right? What you got? Um, uh, I got a couple. I got two, actually. I got uh, The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31. I almost said 13, but it's not. It's 31, which is a game based on the film The Thing by John Carpenter. And it's pretty fucking awesome. It is. It is 
it was really good. I think there's probably the only thing I think that would have made it better is if they had um, like actual pictures of the cast members. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we played. Uh, Luke gave us the demo. He's he works at uh, I think Mondo Games or uh, or maybe even I think Mondo Games might just be the publisher. But uh, he was he worked on the game, and they had a very strange experience demoing the game where a player was very disappointed to learn that there were no pictures or photographs, I should say, of of uh, Kurt Russell in the game at all, and then left them a negative review on board game geek on the grounds that there were no pictures of kurt russell did not play the game did not demo the game actually got up and walked away from the table when there were no actual photos of kurt russell and then felt the privilege that he needed to write a bad review like as a bit that's pretty funny to do that to someone but then to go and leave a negative review that is very weird and the game was so good yeah it's fun so the the premise of the game is that you're you're part of the team at the at the arctic Station. If you haven't seen the film, uh, you probably should be familiar with the film going in. Uh, although I guess you don't really need to. Um, well, no, that's a, you don't need to, right? Because Jimmy was playing with us. He had never seen the film. Oh, fair. Um, okay. The other couple that was playing with us, the the girl had never seen the film, and they both had a great time. They really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Well, the, the premise is that you're all at an, uh, the Arctic Station, uh, an, an Arctic Station outpost thirty one. Uh, you discovered a crashed alien spaceship, and the alien has has replaced one of you and you are one of you is is the alien but looks like the human that was replaced and no one else knows who the alien is and and through the gameplay and the uh scenarios you try to figure out who the the thing is and deal with them and it's it kind of reminded me of uh the resistance but on a much bigger scale yeah like it's the, the it's the resistance. If there was a whole board with rooms and the rooms malfunctioned, and then you had to fix the rooms, and then you, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. No, no, that's a, that's a really good way to describe it because kind of that that core figuring out who the thing is is resistance style. Select people to go on a mission. Does a mission pass or fail? But right. then it's a, a strategy of what missions do you go on, um, and how are you setting that up? And mm-hmm. then what I really liked about it because I love the movie. Um, and I was really nervous that they weren't going to catch the feel of the movie, but yeah. you, you've got it the whole time. You've kind of got this nervousness of trying to figure out who is the thing, who is the alien. And at the mm-hmm. very end, if you haven't figured out who the alien is and killed him, there's a chance for them to win by escaping. Right? Yes. If, if they're on the helicopter that leaves the ice station, that the world's amber. Like, it's done. Yeah. So it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, yeah, so I, I did purchase it in the end because... Uh... I I just really wanted to play more. I, I had a feeling that I was going to like it, um, but I wanted to play it first. Yeah, you know, I, it's one of the things I like about Unplugged is that, like, you can just demo them beforehand. Like, sometimes I see a game, and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool, and then I get it, and it's not. So to to be able to try them out and, and with the designers is fucking awesome. No, it's it's so cool. And then it's not just games like, Pax Unplugged is not just about games that came out now, right? Right. Um, Jenna got to play the game she's wanted to play since she was, what, like five years old? <laughs> yes. And we finally yeah. made it happen. Um, they've got a, a epic game rental area there. Uh, they they had hundreds of games this year that you can it's go and check yeah. out. Uh, that was probably one of the more exciting parts. But we pulled out 13 Dead End Drive. Mm-hmm. 
which is I think Milton Bradley made that back in the eighties. Yeah, and it, there's a reboot of it out there now. Like they they redid the game, but we were playing the original. Um, yes, someone managed to not break all the pieces. Yeah, they were all there, and the yeah. game was awesome. It was actually a really fun game. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a uh, it's simple, but fun, and it's got kind of like Mousetrap. It's got interactive pieces. So the premise is that you're all a bunch of potential heirs to a fortune in a mansion, and you control, you each control a number of the, the characters, but you don't really know who who's controlling who. And then you want to try and kill people off so that the money ends up shuffling down the line to you and then escape. That's, I mean, that's the gist of it, really. But it's got kind of, uh, you build the house out of cardboard pieces and plastic pieces, and then you actually set off the traps, which is which is fun. Yeah, it's like a mouse trappy as I mean it's not yeah it's not to the same level as mouse trap, which you by the time you finish setting up that game, you just want to make the trap work and then put it away. <laughs> yes. But it's it's got that thing where like, you know, you're putting all the pieces together, you're gonna watch these cool gadgets and gadgets interact and it's fun just killing people, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Always. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I uh, I'd never I'd actually never heard of it. Uh I guess maybe we didn't have that in Australia. But uh that was a fun game. And then yeah, it's got got re released. So there you go. Oh, I would definitely play that again. Yeah, it was really good. And yeah, I guess because I remember it as a kid as well. I don't ever remember playing it. I think for mm. us, it was the same thing as, as Jenna had. Like our family was never going to get it because there, there were too many pieces. They, <laughs> like, they yeah. knew we would break it. We would lose it. We'd play it once and it'd be, you'd never be able to play it again. Yeah, someone's going to swallow a piece of it and then it won't be playable. Yeah, so now that we're um, adult children, now it's definitely something <laughs> we can get. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so I, I bought another game there, uh, Eschaton by Archon Games, uh, which uh, was kickstarted a while back. Uh, and it's a cult simulator of sorts. Uh, is that how you would describe it? Uh, you're probably good at you're probably better at describing the kind of game that it is than I am. OK, let me try. So. It's got like it's got like a big bit of a risk aspect to it. It's got a bit yes. of okay. So take Dominion, cross that with um, a bit of risk, just in in the sense that you're trying to control land, and the land you're control is going to help give you points, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at that. But um, the cult aspect it comes from more of the the Dominion, you know, deck builder aspect where you're building a deck of of cultists to try and help push your your darkness onto the world. That's what I do yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like normal life, like that dating game. It's like what we do every yeah. day. Just, just packs unplugs, just mirrors normal life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eschaton was really cool. That was a really interesting <laughs> game. Um, it was fun to play just straight up. It was just, the theme was really cool. The The cards yeah. were fantastic. I was, yeah, I was really attracted by the art style. It looks kind of like Mike Mignola's Hellboy kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that attracted my eye. And then I, they, I learned that it was about attempting to summon you know some old god and running a cult and i was like well i want to play this game now it's super fun yeah and the replay there's going to be a lot of replayability in that as well mm-hmm. um again it's kind of think of dominion uh for those of you who don't do dominion i don't know think of something else like dominion that's not going to help you at all <laughs> um but because you get to like choose that, what's that marvel game oh uh, yeah um the one i own uh legendary yes yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, I say Marvel. It's they've got one for all of them. Now. They do. One, they've one got the yeah. They, like they, pop vinyls. 
They, they do. keep making them, don't they? Yeah, because they've got the the same version of that for uh, Alien vs. Predator. They got it for Firefly. They've got it for Buffy the Vampire Hunter. Yep. Not the movie, the show. Yes. Sorry, I have to clarify that. I'm a fan of the movie. Jenna's a fan of the show. Well, I'm a fan of both. You're just a fan of Luke Perry, I guess. I, I think, yeah, but maybe... I mean, and, I don't uh, know if Pee-wee I want Herman. to admit that. You like Pee Wee Herman, I bet. I love Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, see, that's what it is. How can you? And Rut- love- well, the movie's got Rutger Hauer, so how can you go wrong? That's what I'm saying. The mm. movie's so. Anyway, sorry. Okay, um, but because <laughs> because it's got the the cultists that you're purchasing essentially, right? You're going to mm. switch up which ones are down on the playing board. So every time you play, you can kind of change what that looks like, um, and it allows you to really adjust your strategy on the fly and have that replayability in there. So really mm. fun game, really cool game. Um, definitely some PvP action in there. It gives you a chance to dirt, you know, dick over your friends, uh, which is always important. <laughs> definitely a bonus. Yeah, good game. It's got an expansion too, which um, we didn't grab because we have a habit of grabbing expansions, but we have so many fucking games now that we, we don't need the expansions. <laughs> if we ever wear out a game, then, then we'll, we'll start doing that. But yeah, we have, it, you know, at the cons, they always have purchased the game with the expansion at, at a discount. And I always do it and then think, oh man, like, we we have so many games, we never get to the expansions. I should. Well, I mean, be, between the two of our houses, man, we have we've been having a game night once a week, every week yes. for how many years now? It's uh, well, it'd be since we since we moved from Australia, so two and a bit. Yeah, two and like, literally every single week for mm-hmm. just over two years, and we still have not gone through half the games we own. Yes, right. We have infinite games at this point, and we keep buying more. <laughs> exactly exactly and you bought a game at, yeah uh, i did i unplugged i did actually which, which i'm super psyched about um yes this is from our boys at smirk and dagger um mm-hmm. those guys are great um mm-hmm. and it, it, we got to play a game with drew yes drew we uh, met last year at pax unplugged he showed us uh cutthroat caverns last yes, year that was a lot it. of fun but um yeah so we wanted to play this game um it looked like it was essentially cthulhu mixed with kerplunk uh mm-hmm. it's called tower of madness and it, it is, has a tower with tentacles coming out of it, yeah. like like a big tower with tentacles. You can't go wrong. And a whole bunch of marbles, and you pull the tentacles, and the marbles drop. It, I mean, it is literally Cthulhu mixed with Kerplunk, but they never say Cthulhu. So <laughs> they might not have purchased the rights to that. I um, think uh, Cthulhu is open, uh, open source. That's, that's, that's what not I, the word. Uh, listen, public domain. Yeah, I thought Cthulhu was public domain, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Then why didn't they put Cthulhu? Well, because there's Cthulhu everything, I guess. It's... Maybe it's a bit on the nose at this point to say, oh, it's Cthulhu game. Like, There's a million of them. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It works. It was awesome. Um, oh, hell yeah. So really fun game. If you think of, if you've ever played the game Elder Sign, um, mm-hmm. it's similar to that mixed with Kerplunk, which basically is talking, it's a, a dice push your luck game, right? So you're trying to match dice in order to accomplish a task. And if you don't accomplish a task, pull a tentacle from the tower. Some marbles could drop. They could make you go mad. It could be good for you. Right? Like, it could be good or bad. In fact, if it's really bad, it's going to end up being good. Mm -hmm. So, it's just, it was just a fun game. It was actually pretty quick, too. Yeah. And it's got some, uh, you you get, like, ability cards, so you can kind of screw people over uh, on their turn. And and it's, yeah, it's it's fast and good. And it's it's a good uh, high energy, almost like, like, non-gamer game like you could get someone who's not like super into board games to play it i think well that's exactly why i bought it so right. I'm, I'm always trying to get my wife to play games with me and she hates games um 
But when I came home, and it's I was called like, Marvels. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, honey, you like Kerplunk? You like Cthulhu? Look, they're yeah. together. And she said, yes, I'm in. So <laughs> I was really excited about that. Um, and I definitely want to thank Drew because they, they actually pulled one. Um, they weren't running demos at the time when we showed up. And he took mm-hmm. the time and, and brought it out so that we could demo. And the one yes. thing I got to say is while we were demoing it, there were a lot of people stopping by checking out because the game really is gorgeous. Oh, they yeah. They did a great job designing it, the look, the feel. So they did a yeah, fantastic the, job all around. Like, you, for, for those who, I mean, Google it. You, you literally build a tower and it's got tentacles coming out of it. Like, it's very eye-catching. And then um, while we were hanging out with them, we also went over and we played this weird-ass gingerbread man game. <laughs> it's cool. It's got this fucking awesome name. Roll for your life, Candyman. It's, uh, it's like a... How do I describe it? It's like a frantic. It, it almost reminded me like the franticness of uh, of hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah, you're trying to. You have to roll dice to see if you can steal the body parts of the other gingerbread men. Like it, it's a four player, I think, maximum of four. We played with the four of us, and uh, Drew and, and and Aaron showed us how to play, and fucking, it, that was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. It was, but I think like that hungry, hungry hippos. That franticness is definitely there. It's. You're rolling dice, you're trying to match, and then you're stealing body parts from other players. So it it was just, it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. I, I would put that down as like a definite game in between games. Like you need a break from thinking, throw this thing <laughs> on the table. Yeah, and steal each other's body parts. So yeah, big thanks to uh, Smoke and Dagger. We, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to show us the games, Drew and Aaron. Um, yeah, we had a really fun time. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Um, those were some of the fun, chill games. That, uh, we mm. did play one game that you had to think really hard at, which I think is why I've lost it every single round I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tack from, yeah. from Cheap Ass Games. Yeah, I was really, uh, I, I got, they sent out an email before the show saying, you know, oh, we're going to have Tack there. And I was really interested because I've read um, Patrick Rothfuss's books. Have you, re- have you read his books? I've only read one book of his. Mm-hmm. Which makes me feel bad, um, but it's the Adventures of the Princess and Mister Wiffles, and oh, I, which that's not I mean, a bad book, right? No, to, it's probably one of with. the best books. I've actually started <laughs> teaching that in school. Um, oh, nice! So, what, like, legit? Yeah, like a week ago, I, I got a senior history ethnic studies class. I read that book to my seniors. We had rug time. They all sat down. It was awesome. Rug time, nice. Well, Tack is from his uh, King Killer Chronicles. I think it's in the second one. It comes up. It's like uh, they, they kind of describe it in the book. And so I was interested to, to actually see what they came up with for, for actually playing it. It's more of a checkers chess style. Uh, how would you describe it? Like it looks like a classic game. Like it's got very simple pieces and a simple board, but it's very I think it's got it's got a lot of depth potential, like potentially once you once you learn how oh. to play it. I like that play on words. It's got depth because it's three dimensional. <laughs> I absolutely meant to, uh, yeah, to, to, yeah. to go there. If you don't know what the game looks like, that doesn't help you at all. Um, hmm. So yeah, it, it does. It's got that very classic look, like a chess, like a checkers. Um, you know, it's just two different colored pieces, wooden pieces, but you can actually mm-hmm. stack them on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Think, whoa, what would it be? It's almost like if you took Connect Four. Right, and you laid it down, but then you could stack on top, and then mm-hmm. you can move those stacks. Absolutely, and and you can put a block on top that like stops them from stacking, and you can steal other people's pieces in a way. Yeah, and, so uh, so like take connect four, but change all of it, <laughs> yes. and you've got attack. That's, 
It's not a good. I always feel like it's not. I, I you know when I, it obviously it is the easiest way to describe games is to say oh it's kind of like this mixes with this but then I always feel bad like like um you know like oh you know it's just this and this mixed together like that like you know I feel bad. So do I. In, in a like, way, it's so much more than that. Like, dude, Tac yes. is not Connect Four. Connect Four is like, oh, absolutely. You, you sit down like for all of these games. Seconds. Like, it's just, it's just how to find a frame of reference to describe it to people when, when we're fucking talking about it on uh, in an audio medium. Right? It's like, yeah, it's tough. Fuck. Like, so, really, guys, if you think of rocks, papers, and scissors, it's like that, but with cards <laughs> and a board yeah. and dice. And what was the very first game? I don't know. I've always actually hmm. wondered that. Um. They just they just recently found a board game design in a in a cave somewhere, which I forget. Really? I, yeah, I keep trying to huh. remember to read the article, and then I do stuff, <laughs> and I don't read the article. All right. I don't know. I've also got this great book from uh, Dice Tower on uh, like psychology of gaming and stuff, which I, I want to get through and read. But mm. I mean, because the truth is, like when you look at the the honest mechanics of games, there's only so many actual different mechanics out there. Sure. Right? And so. A lot of the games are just how are you combining those different mechanics and how are you theming those mechanics? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that's it's the only way you can do it, really. Like, there's so few that are something new and unique. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, Tack, for example, right? The, the mechanic in Tack is get four in a row. Right. Well, I mean, not even necessarily four in a row, but get make a path from one side to the you other. Got, yeah. Because the, the right? board, I think you can choose different board sizes as yeah. you, as you, get better at it so. so so if you're you know you're making a path from from a to b and a, a straight a solid path you know with zigs mm-hmm. whatever but it's it's very similar to make four in a row make a line make things connection but then it's you know how do they tweak that and and what do they do to make that different and tack did a really good job of of bringing that and putting it into three dimensions um, yes and allowing you to really play with strategy and make you think hard and I lost every single game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I won a single game either. You might, you didn't. I, yeah, I don't think you won a game. But in the time it took you and Jenna to play one game, I had lost four. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, you know, I'm just maybe it was a little above my level. I was I was worried that because uh, it, it it had. In the book, it's described. It's the game that kind of everybody plays. In, in it's like the chess of of the world in the book, as I recall. Someone's probably going to write in and correct me and say that no, it's actually only two people play it. But <laughs> but it, from memory, quite a lot of people play Tack in 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 the wise in Wise Man's Fear. I think it's the Wise Man's Fear that's in the second book. And uh, so it was kind of like, oh, I hope it's not shit because that'll ruin it. You know, like yep. you know when they're trying. Oh, we made the game that they play in that fantasy thing and then it's like oh this game's shit yeah you um, get all excited to play this game that exists in this world and it's it's connect for yes but but it's not it's it's actually it's it's very good and it seemed i think it it has a lot of depth potentially and uh i think they did a really good job of capturing you know it's strategic and it's but it's also simple and it feels like it would belong in kind of a fantasy lord of the Rings style mm-hmm. setting because it's not elaborate or you know it's it's not thirteen dead end drive. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's it's got that classic feel, like Go, chess, Moncala. Yes. You know, like they're mm-hmm. so simple, but the strategy is so deep. And the only thing it's got it's 
the the box says, and I guess this is the tagline for it. It's tack, a beautiful game, and that is just so Patrick Rothfuss to me. <laughs> but like, it's a little bit pretentious. Like, just, you know what yeah, I mean? just like, a touch of pretentiousness in there. Yeah, but he pulls but also, it off. But also, yeah, exactly. Also, you'd be Patrick Rothfuss, and you're like, no, he he, he he's earned it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got the 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 he he can back that up. So. Yeah, if you watch him play D and D, you're like, oh, he he can talk the talk. Fine, you can call. Fine, we'll call it a beautiful game. Fine. <laughs> well, I mean, he can he can talk the talk because he talks his way into it every single time. One other game that we played that I wasn't super into uh, was You've Got Crabs by uh, I guess the I guess is, is the company Exploding Kittens now. It's it's the guy who does the oatmeal. Uh, I guess he does the art for these. I don't know what the actual company is. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's, yeah, whoever did Exploding Kins. Is it Exploding? I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, I don't know what the company name is. Because I don't, I don't know that they intended it to be a company at the time when they made Exploding Kittens. It was just, we're making a board game. Or card game, rather. Yeah, and they, I mean, they've made quite a few now. They've got uh, Exploding Kittens, they've got Bears vs. Kittens, and then they've got oh, Bears vs. Oh, babies. babies. Bears vs. Babies. Yeah. yeah, so you've got crabs. It's kind of like Snap, but way more complicated because you've got a collect four of a thing and then you play on two you play on teams and then you've got to s- come up with a secret way of indicating to your partner that you have four and then they have to call it and the other team can call it as well am i describing that in any way that is understandable i, I think, think that was a perfectly accurate way to describe it i don't know if the listeners are going to get it but i got it <laughs> maybe what yeah watch your video maybe and i think it's fine it's just not for me yeah it wasn't, um i don't think it's bad it's just, it, I, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was bad. Okay. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll <laughs> well, take that hard stance about and my I'll opinion take the then. hate mail if there is any for this. Um, I guess yeah. I just expected more. Like, Exploding Kittens to me was a really fun game. Um, it had, Exploding Kittens had like this kind of intenseness to it, where like it was goofy, it was silly, but you were just waiting to pull that explosion. Yeah. Um, I think Exploding Kittens is a fun game. Yeah. But... So I was expecting the same type of thing. And You Got Crabs was just kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the expansion pack where you have to put the claws, the lobster gloves on, is it, that is just dumb. Like, it, it, that, I mean, it's funny once. Like, what, it's, what, but you and can't, it's, pl- it's you not can't even play the funny game like the that. whole time. Um, yeah. So I, you know, that we with the deck we were playing with had that aspect to it, which is like you grab the wild card, and if you have a wild card, then you have to wear these crab claws that the game comes with. And when you're wearing the crab claws, you literally can't play the game. Yeah, because you can't hold things. Yeah, which is the whole point of the game. <laughs> like it's funny and goofy, but I don't know. Like I said, it's just not for me. Yeah, it wasn't I'm a serious. I'm a serious gamer. I don't care about the. I'm interested in this shit. <laughs> Uh, their booth though was fucking awesome their booth uh if you wanted to buy something from them they had like the booth was done up like it looked like the box for bears versus babies where it was all furry and there was like a a window and it was done up like a vending machine except it was just a window and there were humans in there like doing things but they made you push the buttons anyway and then they would hold up signs that said what they were doing like please wait you know like uh uh, dispensing and then they would just throw the stuff out the bottom like you have to hand them the cash through a little slot and then they would throw it out the bottom like a vending machine that was freaking hilarious I didn't even see that 
Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Check, I'm, I'm, someone must have put a video of this up at YouTube. So check out. Yeah, it, look up the the the. I guess oh, the man. Exploding Kittens booth at Pax Unplugged 2018. Yeah, it was like a like I said, a fake vending machine with just someone in there pretending that it was a machine. It was pretty funny. Kind of wish I had and, seen that. And you could, pay, I think you could pay to get like a random item. I don't. I'm not quite sure, quite sure how it worked. Whether you had to pay for it or you just got a bonus like random item and like a woman got a broom and like they were just just some random crap they would dispense it was it was pretty funny like they got a crowd going so those guys know how to do it they really do oh yeah speaking of people who know how to do it (laughs) i think i know where you're going with this one i'm talking about our friends at atlas games yep (laughs) we uh we love hanging out with the guys from atlas they're fucking awesome and we got to try out. We got to try out two of the two games actually for that at Atlas Games, and uh, and as always, our goal was to beat Alex from Atlas Games. We didn't. No, we didn't this time. We got no, we didn't. Games. We it was and that 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 fucking sucked. Yeah, it hurts. Um, but it's okay, Alex. I know eventually you're going to listen to this. I just want you to know. I'm putting this out here right now. Uh, on the ride home from PAX, I designed four <laughs> different games, all about making you lose. Yeah. Um, within a you can't week, can't win and a these half games, Alex. You cannot of, win them. You cannot win possible. these games. Within a week and a half of being home, I have one printed and ready to roll. Fuck off! Really? Yeah, legit. Huh? We I, we were gonna. I, Jimmy had it with him on uh, on Tuesday, but I Jimmy, wasn't able you to. Sly come. son of a bitch! He didn't I even say anything. He didn't say anything. No. Oh my god! You guys could have played. Alex can't win. That's the name of that game that was printed. Alex, just, you know, if I'd known, literally. see, if I'd known to ask him, there's no way Jimmy would lie. No, he wouldn't. But lie. I didn't know to ask. Fuck, I'll have to tell you next time. So listen, <laughs> Alex. When I fine tune this game, I'm sending it to you. The name of the game is Alex Can't Win. <laughs> we will we will share the game uh, when when it is when it is appropriate. But, but uh, we played. Yeah, let's we, talk about the one they showed games. us. Yes. So uh, Cogs and Commissars. Uh, I guess world domination game of a, of sorts you you you're playing as a it's communist robots i guess is the best way to describe them yeah like 1950s communist robots right and your job is to kind of gain the most followers so that you can uh, you can take over the world and every everybody has a different robot uh with with particular skills and you can use that to attract more followers. Followers is followers the right word? What do you call them in that scenario? I don't know a whole lot about communism. Um, you could you could call them followers. That would work. I mean, for this game, that that's what works, right? Because um, mm-hmm. it was the the oh, what were the names they had? I can't. Remember. You have the actual game, but I think it was like the bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I the proletariat. Yes. Right or peasant? I don't remember which. Uh, and then I'm missing one. Commissar, commissar. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, right. The hint, the, yeah, the hint was in the name the whole time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's right in the main <laughs> name. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually it's a it's a really fun game. Um, yes. Every robot has uh, a slightly different power to it, um, and then every deck of cards is is tweaked. So what was actually really cool is um, what Travis was telling us. Alex wasn't telling us this. Travis was telling us this. Um, sorry, it's just my goal in life to throw Alex under the bus as often as possible. Um, That's fair. 
Travis was telling us that like once you start playing the game, once you're good at it, you actually take the base decks the game comes with, and you can start switching it up. You can create your own decks. Um, you can do just kind of like a buy-in type aspect. So you can right. really take the game and get a lot more replayability out of it by trying to change up how each individual robot is going to play. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh, it's one of those games where you you really have to screw over your opponents, and I always feel awkward doing that at conventions when I'm playing with strangers because I'm socially awkward, and I feel like <laughs> by being a dick <laughs> to people that I don't know, I'm not making any friends. So I uh, I have trouble with that, but I feel like amongst friends, I think this would be a lot of fun. No, no, it definitely, yeah, it's definitely a blast. Um, and that like the the theming of the game is so cool. You know, like one of the cards yeah. is artificial stall intelligence. You know, they <laughs> they did an yeah. awesome job with this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art's beautiful, and if you get the uh, the, the, the 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 deluxe edition, you get uh, the tokens. The, the the small tokens are worth three. One. Who am I right. talking about? Smallest one. Three, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> the smallest ones are worth one. The middle ones are worth three, and the big ones are worth five. And the the middle one is three times the size of the small one. So you can kind of stack them, and like it it, it makes it easier to keep track of how many you have, kind of thing. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It also helps it makes it easier to keep track of how many your opponent has. Yes. When you start important yeah. factor, they can't hide those commissars from you. They do, they do. That's what propaganda is all about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you can play as uh, such inspirational leaders as artificial style intelligence, Simulenin, or Gorobachev. Brilliant. They they really did a good job, man. It was yeah, such a great. good game. Um, and then we played another one with them. That I don't even know if it's out yet. No, it's not. It's not. And and you know what? I don't remember what the fucking name was. <laughs> I was hoping you did. No, I God, thought it was. It was gods, uh, god related. Yeah, it's, uh, Atlas Games, gods and something, something in mm-hmm. gods. Um, mm-hmm. Alex uh, is gonna fucking nail us for this. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Shit, we. You know what? I gotta look this up. Um, oh, I tried. I tried. The problem is, it's not out yet. So, oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Did they like put it on their blog? Maybe. I mean, look. I'll be honest. I didn't look that hard, but I didn't find it when I looked for it. Um, no, there's just some gloom. There's some commas. No, this is a game that they just picked up. So it's, uh, it's not available yet. It's kind of there. I think the game is finalized, uh, so you can play it, but they have, it's not in production at all. Well, you know, I think it's their fault. We don't know the name of it. It's not. It's definitely not. It's it's, not, it's 100% our fault. It's not our fault. We don't write anything down because we're. If, um, if Alex had told us to write the name down because he didn't put the information up on the website, we would have known. You know what the the thing is? I bet Jenna knows what it is, and she's not here to <laughs> to help us. God damn it! <laughs> she really does too. All right, well, let's talk about the game. Yeah, uh, you you are. I guess a magic user and your goal is to, you can only attack the person to your left and your goal is to, I guess, survive until the end. And each round you, you draw cards and you play cards uh, to gain power uh, and play attacks and kind of wear down your opponent's defenses. Um, but also you have to build up defense because the person to your right is going to fuck with you. So I was not very good at it. Neither was I. Yeah, no, both of us I was were atrocious. Horrible. Yeah. 
You know who was good at it? Alex. Don't. Yeah, we should probably cut that bit out. I don't want to. <laughs> He's going to hear this. All right. They were, they were giving him credit? Yeah, exactly. All right. You're right. Right. Let's rephrase that. Um, you know who was good at that was Jenna. Yeah. And Travis. Yeah, and Travis. I bet Travis is very good at it. I bet Travis is probably the best at that. I bet he's better than yeah. Alex. I can't think of anyone else who is good at it. Not a single soul. No, just mm. uh, Jenna and Travis. Um, mm-hmm. And Jimmy. Jimmy and... Jimmy was pretty good. Mm. And I mean, you and I weren't the worst at it. But uh, anyway. Uh, we weren't good at it, but we weren't the worst. There was definitely at least one other person playing that was yeah. worse than us. Some Someone forgettable. I don't really remember. Anyway, moving on. But uh, yeah, no big thanks to Atlas Games. We love we love hanging out with you guys, and uh, you make some fucking awesome games. So yeah, you guys really do. You make kick ass games. Um, can't mm-hmm. wait to see you at the next con when we get together and hang out again. If you haven't played Gloom, fucking check it out. It's one of my favorite games. If you like storytelling, the problem with Gloom, I mean not problem with Gloom. The problem with people is they don't like Gloom sometimes. <laughs> How can you not <laughs> so, like Gloom? Well, I think some people don't like improvising. And it's kind of like a, it kind of is like an improv game in a way with, with, with prompts, the way that I like to play it anyway. Maybe it's just people don't like playing it with me. No. <laughs> I'm I, like, no, you fucking tell a story. I play it the same way you play. Like the, you yeah. have to tell a story. If you're not telling a story, you can't play the card. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was a big change at PAX Unplugged this year, and I was really worried about it because- I really, really, really like Chris Perkins as a dungeon master, but he's retired from Acquisitions Incorporated, and yeah. he's been he's been replaced by I mean not that not in a bad not, this is bad he's been replaced by Jeremy Crawford who's the lead uh, rules designer at uh, Wizards of the Coast for Dungeons and Dragons so you know someone qualified but still I, I, I had never seen Jeremy Crawford run a game like that before and I was worried. But Jeremy Crawford's fucking awesome. <laughs> he killed it. He really did. Yes. And not to, you know, I will always love Chris Perkins. And Chris Perkins is still one of my favorite Dungeon Masters. He does a fucking amazing job. But Jeremy Crawford, he fucking nailed it. He was funny. He was, uh, he was on the ball. He didn't let, he didn't let him, because there's a danger that Patrick Rothfuss is going to, is going <laughs> to, He's going to rough us the whole thing up. He's going to rough us the whole thing. He, uh, I felt like he kept him in control pretty well. That was good. Well, and, what I uh, loved is um, the one time when Rothfuss really tried, right? He like really mm-hmm. pushed. If you've ever seen him play, he does a thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And I deserve advantage because, and then insert like a five-minute spiel about yes. why he deserves advantage, right? Uh-huh. Um, Jeremy listened to him and then went with him, right? Saying, said yes to the player, which is awesome. But yes. did it directly in line with the rules of the game and made it truly work based on mm-hmm. the rules, which was killer. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It wasn't just, I'm going to say yes because I'm the GM and it, it makes the story better, but I'm going to say and yes because break it makes the, the story better. Also, it matches up with the rules that I may or may not be in charge of. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like really enjoyed, because uh, I love Acquisitions Incorporated. It's one of my favorite parts of PAX, to be honest. Even, even PAX East, uh, which is video game centric. One of my favorite Parts of that is Acquisitions Incorporated. I've just I've been watching them since PAX Prime in 2011, I think. So when they played with Will Wheaton, uh, and that was my first exposure to Chris Perkins, and uh, he will be missed. 
But uh, yeah, Jeremy Crawford did a fucking great job. Really enjoyed it. Some funny stuff happened too. That was a great game. That was a really good game. There was a brand new setting, brand new world. Yes. That was, that was fantastic. Yes. He does some good voices and he does, uh, he does, he's, yeah, mannerisms and voices and stuff. Like I said, I'm into that stuff. I think it's, it, it adds to it and he did a really good job. We, we always make an effort to go to the Penny Arcade panels just because I've been a fan of Penny Arcade for so long. I know you guys have as well. You know, even before PAX, I was, I was a fan. So we always go to the, uh, the Q and A's and the um, uh, the Maker Strip uh, this year for the Maker Strip for the first time they they did a, I guess a trial thing where if you donated money to Child's Play they would incorporate certain things into the strip like as we were going and I feel like I, I don't know if they made that up on the fly it's like they must have had it prepared because there was a graphic made for the you know for the amount and everything but I guess the the, the point of this was that. If you wanted the hot dog fairy to appear, you had they wanted to make some lowball figure at first, wasn't it? Like five hundred bucks or something? I don't, I don't remember. I don't even think it was five hundred. Was it that low? Yeah, I think yeah. it was that low. It was like five hundred bucks um, just to get the hot dog fairy. Which, if you know, the hot dog fairy is something they traditionally draw in into the panel when they're at cons. Um, but see, I don't see how they could not put it in there. So they, I, I mean, Matt, what if we had, they had made five hundred bucks? Were going to leave the hot dog fairy out of a fucking pax pack? I, I think they would have left it out. I really do. And I'm going to be honest; like, I'm, I'm going to give them credit for it, right? Because w- what they're trying to raise money for is a really good cause. So, oh yeah, Charles Play is fucking down. awesome. But um, but yeah, so they had this super low number. Uh, I think it was like five hundred dollars, and like by the mm-hmm. time they finished announcing how much money they needed to raise in order to get the hot dog ferry <laughs> in. They had that money. Yeah. Which so was, then it was, it was upgrade awesome. him to a, uh, Philly cheesesteak ferry for, um, I think it was five grand in the end was the, uh, was the goal and which they met. So, so good stuff. I think it's a good way to get people involved. I mean, I, I generally, I, I mean, I get to child's play, uh, anyway, just cause I think it's a really good cause for those who don't know. Child's play is the, the charity that they, the guys from Penny Arcade started, uh, it provides um, toys and games for children who are in hospital, and uh, you know it's it's a shitty place for a kid to be, and so it kind of provides them with some entertainment and something to take their mind off whatever the hell it is. Got them in there, so I think it's just a really good cause. Wait, it's not to make a reboot of Child's Play, the no, the nineteen eighty eight slasher movie with Chucky. No, they're already doing that. Hollywood's paying for that. Oh, this is man. I thought that's what they were taking donations. Oh for. shit. Oh, maybe you can get a refund. I guess if you didn't realize, I, I'll I'll let it go this time. All right. But <laughs> at least I feel informed now that it's yeah. Sorry, you know, actually a nonprofit. Maybe they should kids. point that out. I yeah. guess yeah. Not to reboot a movie that kills kids. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the opposite. I guess. <laughs> yeah, kind of the exact yeah. opposite. Uh, the Q and A was really good this time too because. The, for, I, if you don't know about Penny Arcade, then I, I mean, I don't really know why you're listening to this episode, uh, <laughs> but um, the, the Q&A is, is Mike and Jerry who founded Penny Arcade answering questions. And at this point, it's been like, when was the first PAX? Like 2009 at least, because I'm looking over at my DVDs and I have the DVDs from PAX 2009. So it's been almost 10 years. Right, it possibly has been ten years or more, and 
They've been asked everything, I think. And so the questions this time. 2004. 2004. Right, or according to Wikipedia. So maybe it's still no? 2009. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I just happen to have a DVD of the PAX 2009 stuff that I, on my shelf that I'm looking at. That's, so I, I know it's been at least that. But 2004, fuck, man, it's so long. So yeah. they've been asked a lot of questions in the Q&As. And this time it was fucking awesome because the questions were so weird. Like, and it was just kind of like really weird and creative stuff. Like, and some of them, they, they just refused to answer because they were just too over the top. But it was just like, like surrealist questions. Like, you know, would you rather be a, I'm, this is an example because I don't remember the specifics, but would you, would you rather be a hamburger or a hot dog kind of thing? Like, I don't know. It just, I found it really interesting, <laughs> really funny and interesting. Yeah, and then, um, it looks like during the Q&A now, half of it is just their staff messing with them. Oh, right, like the, the Phantom of the Opera bit. Yeah. That, I don't know. Did that go somewhere? That went, I mean, I enjoyed it anyway, it, but... It went nowhere. <laughs> but I think that's what made it so good. It's like... Yes. So they had, um, they got different colored envelopes based on the question that they're going to ask. And they had a red envelope, which they never had before. So they, they pull it up mm-hmm. and like, we don't really know what this is for. And they open it. They play Phantom of the Opera music, really loud, flash the lights. And then he reads a question, which is posed as if it's coming from the actual Phantom of the Opera, from the, the Opera Phantom of the Opera. Um, mm-hmm. And this happened, what, three, four times? <laughs> yeah, that we saw. I mean, that maybe we saw, it yeah. at other times. And uh, the last time, it just kind of fizzled. The Phantom was like, all right, cool. I guess I'm in the wrong place. Peace. And it was over. (laughs) Um, But the best part was just the confusion on their faces. Because they had no clue this was happening. This was a setup. They kept looking over their shoulder for somebody to come running on stage dressed as the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I had a nice time in Philly. I uh, I like Philly as a city. Philly gets a bad rap, I feel like. People often say, you know, don't get shot. But I haven't, so you know, that's <laughs> well, not nice. Yet. Um, no, not yet. No, Philly does get a, a not a great rap, um, but it is great. It's got Snap Pizza, which oh, is Snap Pizza. So good. Did we talk about this last year? We must have. <laughs> I think yeah, we probably spent like twenty minutes talking about it last yeah, half year. The show last year was fucking Snap Pizza. You went twice this year. I did go twice. Yeah, yeah, because once was not <laughs> In the enough. same day, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys well, uh, you guys went out to dinner one place that was um, so my a couple things going on. Uh, my knee was all messed up this year at PAX, so I was trying to reduce the uh, walking, right. um, and I had a ton of work to do. So I was trying to get mm-hmm. that done in the in between time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main group went off to dinner far away, and I was like, yeah, oh, "I'll just go around the corner and get a burger." And I went to the burger joint, and the line was like ten people long. Like I don't want to wait that long, so I walked <laughs> half people. a mile to Snap Pizza instead. Because. <laughs> Because that took less time, I guess. It's so good. I don't know. Totally worth it. But yeah, we did. We explored. Uh, we explored a bit more of Philly this time uh, than I had before. Went to some. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Related sites like Patty's Pub, the the one that it apparently it's based on. They claim the the pub claims that it's the pub that it's based on. So I guess I have to take their word for it. And it's called Patty's. So uh, yeah. Had a nice time. So I saw the Liberty Bell again. I'd seen it once before. You know, it's a bell. It's a big, it's a big bell. Did they ring the bell? They, pro- um, they probably said that. I didn't stick around. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a history teacher, and I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's got a crack in it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't think they ring it anymore. Yeah. You don't, you don't want the crack to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be bad. 
then it, the Liberty Bell would be broken, and then there'd be no more Liberty. Oh shit, that would be bad for America. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> almost certainly. So, no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to make a joke. I was going to make some kind of stupid joke about terrorists blowing up the Liberty Bell, but that's we don't we don't need to go there. I mean, you can make a stupid joke about Trump being our president and the the shit that's going on, but <laughs> like that is ever going to happen. Oh wait, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Most of your listeners are in Australia, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Although we're 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 spreading out. Actually, write in. Let us know where are you from, listeners. Let us know. We got. I think we've got a bunch over here now because. You know, we hit these conventions up and harass people. Oh, yeah. That is true. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, Philly is awesome. Um, you guys also went to that that really cool store, the, um, the like, weird collectible store? Yeah. Uh, Oddity? Something Oddities? Uh, it had a bunch of uh, dead animals and stuff, which is neat. And uh, gothy, weird shit. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, you know, kind of like... Uh, there's a, there's a store here in Providence that's sort of like that, but on a much smaller scale. Uh, this one was like, it had also, you could buy human skulls there. Like real human skulls. For real? Yeah. Oh, you guys yep. didn't tell me that. That's awesome. And I was going to, I was going to ask, where did you get them from? But, uh, but that's not a question was, you ask. No, but the girl was really scary looking. And, uh, and I get, also, I don't think she would have known the answer cause she just works there. I don't know where they get them from. But uh, I definitely want to make an ashtray out of one at some point, even though I don't smoke. That that would be the appropriate thing. Yeah, we could use it as a dice roller. Fuck, man, that'd be sick, dude. I want to bring one into school, put it on my desk, and just like label it "students who turn in assignments late." <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. I take one into work and just say, "People <laughs> ask me dumb questions." <laughs> Podcast listeners who don't. Go to patreon.com slash multiple nerdgasm and, and give us money. <laughs> patreon.com slash multiple nerdgasm. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support this show. Uh, for $5 a month, you can get the show early uh, and you get a bunch of weird behind the scenes bonus shit uh, that you probably don't want. Uh, and you get, uh, for 10 bucks a month, you get the after party, which is uh, we do an extra 20 minutes of the, the normal show every week that those people get to listen to the uh, exclusive after party people. So go to patreon.com slash multiple nerdgasm and help us out. And if you want to help us out for free, uh, you can do that too. Just go to whatever application you're listening to this in right now, go to that application and go down to reviews and hit the five star button or whatever their equivalent is. And then, uh, and then write a little, little blurb about how good the show was. We, uh, we love you. Sweet.